Good morrow to you all. You have fallen on bad times. Brought to you by Royal Holloway's Shakespeare Society. You've joined me, Cassie Dixon. And me, Jack Hardman, as we bear some bardy truths. Hello everyone and welcome back to Bard Times. I am your host, Jack Hardman, and with me today is Hadley. How are you doing, Hadley? I'm doing okay, thank you. Okay, so, right, you are on the show today to promote your show Topsy Turvy. Well, I say your show, Roll uh, Holloway's Savoy Opera Society's show. Um, so, how, how do you think that's going at the moment? Well, I, I suppose for the people listening at home the show will already be done but how do you think it's going um i think it's going really well actually we have all the recordings in now and currently myself and my team of video editors and sound editors are currently compiling the videos um editing them and making them look all beautiful for its premiere i can't wait to see it um so tell me how many how many people are actually involved in this project how like how many you say editors and and sound editors and video editors and things like that. So how many people are actually involved? So I think we have sixteen cast members. Right. And then it's also being run by the committee who are also taking part in it. Mm-hmm. So, um, including myself, I think there's maybe seventeen or eighteen people. A lot of the video editors are also um, performers in the show ah, okay, because fair they're fair. also all on committee, so they all do the editing as well as some of the performing. Very nice. Yeah, because, obvi- I mean, full disclosure for the audience, uh, I'm in the show. I'm really excited. I've had an amazing time uh, filming all my bits and recording all my bits. Um, so, kind of, what was the thought process behind the decision the like the decisions that resulted in Topsy Turvy. What was what was the decision process behind the kind of creation of that show in particular? Yeah, so I mean, obviously with coronavirus, uh, Savoy was unable to put on yeah. their annual autumn term show. So back in I think August, we sort of met as a committee and we were like, "What are we going to do to fill this gap?" So we all went our separate ways and came back and sort of brainstormed these ideas. And I was like, what if we do a giant Gilbert and Sullivan extravaganza where we do a number from a bunch of different of the Gilbert and Sullivan shows and we put it all together and make a story. And it sort of ended up being this history of Gilbert and Sullivan of the way their shows evolved and how they came about and also all the drama behind the scenes um, because there's a lot of... Yeah drama behind the scenes and um 1800s composers like fighting oh yeah it's it's crazy (laughs) and i think the name also came out of um well there's a film called topsy-turvy which is about gilbert and sullivan and the production of the mikado but also gilbert himself um described his plots and shows as being topsy-turvy so it seemed to make a lot of sense. And the carpet quarrel okay. is about a little bit of drama that I won't spoil. You have to come watch it to find out what the carpet quarrel is. But uh, right. there is a carpet quarrel. Oh, that is, that's is—that's brilliant. I'm actually so excited. I, I, I had no idea about this. Um, so that that's... Yeah, that's amazing. So how are you... Which so you say that like members of committee are getting involved? Uh, which roles are you taking part in? So are you a performer? Are you a director? So I perform in one number, which is the committee number, um, right. where it's all the committee doing three little maids from school, one of my personal favourites. 
but um, I have taken on the role of sort of producer and right. director. I like to, cons- <laughs> I, I call myself the head cat wrangler. Like, it's like a bunch of cats <laughs> okay. running away and I keep having to pull them back in, being like, no, okay, we're going to stay focused. Like, pull it all together, so... Is that just is that just generally what being a president is like? Um, at times it feels like that, but to be honest, I have such a great committee backing me up. I, I could not yeah. do it without them. They are all my cat yeah. wranglers. I can be I can the head cat wrangler, this, but they are all... I would not be able to do it without them. They are not the cats that are escaping. Good. I'm trying to pull back in. No, no, no. Oh, they they the support me. The no, the no, no one's... <laughs> circumstances outside of our control are the cats. <laughs> They're the cats. Okay, okay. Good to hear that. So so as part of being producer, what kind of... What does that entail with this show? Because obviously there's not events per se to kind of manage in the same, in the same way that there would usually be and there isn't a budget in the same way that there would usually be so how does that kind of so i'm in charge of sort of overseeing how everything is run and making sure it runs smoothly so i set the sick i set the schedule um i make the executive decisions at the end of the day i'm the main point of contact for anybody who has questions whether it's cast members mds or um the committee who are working on the video editing stuff so everyone who has questions comes to me and then i put the i point them in the direction they should look at like okay go talk to this person go talk to this person um and so i sort of just sort i do like the behind the scenes stuff we have been able to run um two socials we had a cast committee crew social so i helped our social sec um, plan that for that for everyone and sort of organize that and then we also had a launch night which was also um planned by our social sec and that's our way we raised money sort of for funds right okay so what kind of things so you were raising money what kind of things do you need were you raising money for if you don't mind me asking yeah no um so we have to offset the tech costs, obviously, of having a zoom account so savoy needs to have some right. sort of yeah income so zoom is like 14 pounds a month i think so we do need to offset mm-hmm. that cost what kind of things does a zoom based show and kind of a pre-recorded show actually require like money wise if you don't mind me asking yeah no of course um so we actually hired someone to mix the orchestra for us oh right okay yeah so we have a um digital orchestra sort of digital recorded orchestra mm-hmm. Um, and so we have to offset the cost of that, obviously. And we also offset the cost of the Zoom call. So we were able to put a pretty big dent into the costs <laughs> for Good. that pre-recorded orchestra with the money we were able to raise, yeah. which really helps the society in general. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested to hear your thought on this. Um, but so kind of what do you think is the most just just out of your opinion? What do you think is currently like the most effective way to kind of raise money for? Uh, societies in general so Savoy has a long 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 tradition of um, running an auction of promise auction of promises so we've been doing that for ages Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of other societies have started doing that as well but when we run a show we have the cast members um, say to the social sec okay I'm gonna I promise to do x y and z and at our launch night um, the social sec or the the producer for the show then stands up and says okay uh this person promises to 
bake you a cake. And everyone in right. the audience or everyone who's attending that social can then bid on that. And there often are bidding wars and you can make a lot of money doing those. Um, I know some auction promises have made up to £300 for a production before. Really? Yeah. They're really Goodness. useful. And I mean, you fair always enough. have the classic bake sale and that sort of thing, which also will make a fair amount of money depending on what day it is, the weather. But yeah. um, an auction of promises is always go-to fundraiser. Right. Okay. Well, fair play. Um, so obviously this, this process has been a long time in the kind of – is. It's coming out here on the on the fifth. Did you say fifth of December? Yeah, fifth of December. Yeah. So the so this process of, has obviously uh, taken a fair bit of time. But do you have a favorite kind of memory, a favorite moment from from the? Um, I think when we had our cast committee crew social, that I think was really really fun mm-hmm. because. We all got to see right. each other on the screen for the first time because we're often rehearsing separately or in small groups. So it's not like a regular Savoy show where we're all together in the room. Um, and I I ran bingo that night. That's my specialty. Savoy loves bingo. Um, <laughs> I, I have to take credit. I brought that to the society two years ago. That singularly um, is your Yeah, is that your is my, that's my biggest contribution to Savoy is bringing out the bingo set. But it's always a big hit and we're like, I, I don't know, we're seen as sort of a grandmother society almost because we focus on the <laughs> hundreds a bit and we're the oldest society on campus. So I was like, bingo, perfect. But we got to play bingo that night at that social <laughs> and it was really fun because everyone was yeah. really enjoying it and it was so nice just to have everyone in the same space. Yeah, I, c- I couldn't agree more. Honestly, I think it, it was really nice to kind of feel like it was because obviously i think a lot of the shows on campus at the moment are feeling this way it's very kind of difficult to keep that kind of cast dynamic that um almost familial bond that you you kind of share when you're in a cast with um everyone and it's kind of hard to do that over a zoom production but i think things like socials and things like i mean i'm biased obviously as social sec of shakespeare um but uh, i think kind of casting crew socials are so important in terms of to like get a cast to bond and things like that oh definitely um yeah so i i must know so obviously the songs in the show range from uh, really famous ones like uh, probably I'd argue the most famous Gilbert and Sullivan song Modern Major General um, and the very model of a Modern Major General um, sung by uh, Merritt Little in this production and uh, then to lesser known numbers like the full cast uh, number Happy Couples Lightly Treading and I'm wondering whether there's any number in particular that during the show that is in the show, I mean, that particularly speaks to you or is your favourite? Um, I do have a favourite number and it's actually the number that I'm in, the committee number, Three Little Maids from School, because oh, right. my very first right. uh, Gilbert and Sullivan show, it was my second show with Savoy, but my first Gilbert and Sullivan was The Mikado and I played the role of Pity Singh, who right. is one of the Three Little Maids and I've just, mm. I love The Mikado and I especially love that number because it's so fun um and it was really great to get to sing it again as well 
But apart from numbers, I'm. I actually don't know that much I mean, about the Macaulay. Numbers, I'm not in. I would. I. I really like tripping hither, tripping thither from Ilanthi. It's one of my oh, favorites. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really fun number. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, in order to understand what we're talking about, uh, if you if you don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of Gilbert and Sullivan, please do check out the uh, once again check out the show coming out on the fifth um, of December. So, I, I must know because obviously, as well as being producer of this, uh, like executive producer of this project, you are obviously president of. Savoy Opera Society and I must know what is it like being a president um I really I really enjoy it it's really fun um it can be stressful at times especially Mm -hmm. sort of while running this show and also doing third year with dissertations courses stress (laughs) applications for next year it is stressful but I mean I have such a love for the society I've been a member since my first day of university Mm. first year um and there's 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 so much that I just love about the the job and I get to take on these responsibilities and make decisions for the society or make them alongside the committee and sort of help shape the society to be the best it can be so I I really enjoy it yeah and by the way I think you're doing an excellent job at the moment oh, um, thank you <laughs> um but yeah, so is there anything in particular to you that kind of stands out with that job? Um, that obviously you talk about like shaping the society and how it how it will go moving forwards. But is there anything? Is is that the draw? Is that why you came to it in the first place? I I guess. I mean, yeah. I just I always wanted to be a big part of the society. I always wanted to be able to do my part and give back to the society that gave so much to me. And I think a lot of the time the role of president is so, it can be really stressful, but I feel like it's worth it because I've gotten so much out of of Savoy that I want to be able to Uh create that environment that I was able to have when I was a first and second year and give that to the other first, second and third years. And I think especially with coronavirus, it's so new, everything's so different. Yeah, so I I, I completely understand that. And... um... Coming coming back to kind of shows on campus, you've been a part of quite a few uh, Savoy, if if not every Savoy show over the past few years. I've been a part of all but one. Yeah, and so I I must know what is what is your favorite um, like which if you had to choose which one would be your favorite show that you've done on campus so far. Oh, I really don't know. Um, every single one has been so special in its own way because it's that sort of family feeling you get with Savoy, the family closeness. Um, mm-hmm. But oh, I really don't know. <laughs> I, I Obviously, last year I was in Anything Goes, which I absolutely loved, and yep. Reno Sweeney was a dream role for me, and Anything Goes is one of my favourite yes. shows ever. Um, but then, yeah, it was a wonderful performance. Yeah, and then um, the Mikado, obviously, I loved. But, you know, I have mm-hmm. to say, for nostalgia reasons, my very first show with Savoy, um, a Connecticut Yankee, yeah. has to be, mm-hmm. I think, it has the fondest memories for me because it was Fair. my introduction to everything what? Savoy. Yeah, that makes sense. Is there, 
are there any in particular memories that kind of stand out to you or a special memory that kind of resonates with like the whole of the um the experience of the show i just i i remember let me think that feeling of family i got when it was our opening night and um Mm -hmm. Our director, our amazing director, Will Davidson, had gathered us in a circle and he he did his warm-ups and he gave us this little speech. And I just, I remember thinking to myself, oh, I, f- I found my family at university. Like, this is, these are the people that I want to spend all my time with. And Aww. I mean, that's, I ended up getting lovely. all of my friends out of that show. A lot of my friends. I'm still friends with so many of mm. them. Um, it's quite funny. I was a first year and all my friends were second and third years. So they all gra- they've all graduated <laughs> yeah. now, but like I still love them all and I talk to them all the time so I really got my friend group mm. out of that show as well yeah I, I I completely relate to that um I think yeah thinking back to my first show um with uh, MTS Legally Blonde uh, is just that kind of sense of I don't even know what it is it's just com- comfort when you uh, for your first show as a part of a society, I remember for our first episode, which was released a few weeks ago, uh, not our first episode, my first episode, um, our second episode on the show, we had Rebecca Bellis on, and she said a similar thing about her first show, uh, which was the Shakespeare show last first term last year, Coriolanus, where it's just this kind of it. Your first show at university, I think, is a special place in you. I don't know whether you agree. Yeah, no, definitely. I I look upon that show so fondly, and I have so many memories of it. Mm. But outside of university and in the general kind of well, how much experience with theatre did you have before that? Um, so I was so involved with theatre before I came here. I was in my high school's drama club for all four years and it was my entire life it's what I did um <laughs> like I was in all the we did 12 shows a year um 12 yeah three of goodness several gracious. of them would run concurrently so they'd run at the same time it'd be like a mini oh, right. competition okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. but um like my drama club we competed at the state drama festival um right. quite often that was always so much fun and I was the secretary of that drama club actually and I mean, I've been performing in shows even before that since the time I was like four or five. So I've always been doing productions and shows. And actually, I, w- I did the math and I think this is the longest amount of time since the closing of Anything Goes. Since yeah. like, this is the longest amount of time that I haven't performed on stage. Since really? I was like, whatever. I think since, since I was four. like six or something goodness gracious i I, I was like oh my gosh that's so weird (sighs) yeah good oh my lord that is that is impressive um so is that which roles in particular have you done then so you say you were secretary but we have you ever directed have you ever because obviously you're executive producing this show (laughs) um so when i was a senior in high school i directed a show. I directed the um, freshman high school class in a in our in my drama club's fall festival of plays, where we where different grades compete against each other. So that was quite right. an interesting experience. It was really fun, um, but I I don't think I'm best suited to directing. 
Because <laughs> that was my that was going to be my my next question. Which role is kind of like the one you see yourself in? Do you see yourself as like an actor or a director or a producer or what? Um, I mean, I've actually enjoyed the producing bit, and to be honest, I don't see myself pursuing acting as a career. Although I think yeah. that's the role I have maybe the most fun with, and I find mm-hmm. the least stressful. But uh, I don't know, either actor or producer, not director, I don't think. Because <laughs> I, I have a similar thing with directing. I don't think, uh, as much as I love acting, it, it has been my life for quite a long time. I don't think it's going to be um, probably a career. Well, it might be. Who knows? Who knows? You never um, know. It could probably, be one day. You never know. Um, but... Um, it's probably not going to be the career I go into. Is I'm much more likely to be something like uh, directing, um, just because. Although it's like a thousand times more stressful, <laughs> it's. I think the. I don't know. Maybe it's just. Maybe it's just the control freak in me. I. I don't know. Yeah, I completely some, understand that. Yeah, there's something about um, kind of acting. A, um, where you are just kind of this because uh, obviously there isn't a wrong or a right you are just kind of this ball of chaos and it's kind of a director's job to they're cats uh, yeah you get to, to be get the, the cat yeah, wrangler yeah you get a bit of the cat we're going back to that metaphor um, yeah so talking about theatre and in general and the future so obviously this episode is coming out in December but we are currently recording this in like late november um so the yeah so theaters are reopening um in in december in all places that are tier one and tier two and i just wanted to kind of get your opinion on that and and because i mean yeah i where do you stand on on theaters reopening i mean I I understand why it's been so long, like or why they've been closed for so long. Obviously, but I think in tier one and two, as long as there can be that safe social distancing, I think it's a really good idea mm. and a necessary one to save the industry for them to open yeah. as soon as possible. Because I mean, yeah. theaters struggle enough as it is when it's not a global pandemic and everything's shut down, and for them to have been closed for over six months, almost seven, eight months now. Um, I think it's really important to start getting people back into theatres, appreciating art and all that stuff. We've we've been able to listen to music and watch Netflix and all that sort of stuff. We have been able to appreciate live art, I think, in such a long time as well. And that's such an important artistic thing for people to experience. Yeah, it speaks to you in a completely different yeah, you, way to say watching a film or yeah. listening to music. And and when you're in the theater, you have that connection with the actors on stage. It's it's live yeah. and it's real. And um, yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I'm so excited for them to reopen, and mm. I think they will be taking all the measures that need to be taken for it to be safe, because that is also yeah. a, a huge priority. Because we don't want it to have to shut down again. But yes, reading what they're proposing, it sounds like it's going to be hopefully successful yeah so from what i can gleam and what i've what i've read uh a lot of theaters are kind of talking about having reduced um kind of audience sizes ensuring that there's like proper social distancing stuff like that making masks compulsory um 
things like that. A lot of the stuff, I think a lot of lessons were learnt in between lockdown one and lockdown two. Um, in that in September, basically, where things were reopened again for about a month. Um, and I, I think it's, yeah, I think I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that kind of theatres take any lessons that they learnt during that time and kind of, yeah, use use what they learnt moving forwards because the last thing we want is to put any more pressure on the on on that sector. I think. Oh, hundred percent, exactly. Mm. I I do have to say I think the government the government have uh, obviously given the theatre industry a one point five billion uh, bailout. I think is the number. I could be wrong there, but I think that's it. Um, so things are i mean it's not the end of theater but this whole um this whole pandemic has been very rough on theaters in general yeah it's you've seen so i see so many like headlines of theaters closing or appealing mm-hmm. to the public for them to save the theaters and it's just it's so sad watching um these venues that have told so many stories influence so many yeah. people's lives and stuff just shut forever and i mean the industry is hard enough to be successful in i think that with all these venues shutting and obviously no not a lot of productions happening it's made it so much harder as well yeah i couldn't agree more i think i think honestly as long as the kind of government go continue to uh support theaters during this time we we will be able kind of theaters everywhere will be able to survive through the process but it's going to be a struggle for everyone involved um and i think it's it's there are things like um i know judy dench and um a series of other very senior shakespearean actors are actually putting on a show uh, they may have already put it on by the time this podcast goes out but they're putting on a show to raise money for theaters in general and people who Actually, whose livelihoods depend on theatres being... And I ju- don't just mean actors, I mean people like uh, box office staff and uh, and kind of ushers and things like that. People whose, whose livelihoods depend on theatres. Um, and I think, yeah, as long as people keep putting in the extra effort to support these kind of institutions we like things will be okay but it is obviously everyone is having to like theaters in particular are having to tighten their belts and it's the ad are really struggling um and on that note i think uh, anyone at home who's listening to this if you have any like obviously feel free to not but if you have any money to donate to things like the globe or um the Savoy Opera House. Um, it's um, I don't know. Uh, the he's <laughs> dying. Um, there's. I mean that. Yeah. The, the Royal Opera House. Wow. That's what I meant. That's oh, there's what, the Savoy Theatre. This is there's a Savoy Theatre, which was on. opened to 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 produce all the Savoy shows. They don't actually produce the Savoy shows anymore, but um. 
I think actually nine to five okay. was most recently <laughs> playing there. Fair. Or I might be completely wrong. Um, I was just trying to be inclusive. Uh, that's the last time I do that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, I, that went from a very serious note to just idiocy. Um, there's yeah. So obviously, if you have any any money lying around or uh, kind of excess, please do donate to theatres in in general uh, because they are. Well, obviously, we are both biased as people who enjoy theatre and who are currently um, on committees of of societies based around theatre. But, yeah, theatres are an incredibly important institution and and should be supported. Um, And on on that note, I think, I I do have to ask you, I've not not given this question to you, but it's a question we ask every week. Um, What is your favourite... Shakespeare show. Oh, actually, I do know this okay. one, but I can never on, remember we'll, the we'll name of it. Out. What, what is it? It's got it. It it has um the girl hero oh, oh, who um, fake dies. Yes. Okay, I saw that at the Globe mm-hmm. Theater when I was like yeah. twelve. I, I, that's and I also loved my it. Favorite. So that is. I yeah, loved it. I, I love I love that. I saw an incredible production of it um, at the Rose Theatre in Kingston with oh, what's her name Mel from Mel and Sue. I can't remember her surname. Oh. Um, and that that was just phenomenal. There is is one of my favourite. Um, yeah, I really enjoy that one. In general, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, it is brilliant. Right, well. In that in that case, I'll let you plug your show and your society. Yeah, so um, come see Topsy Turvy or watch it online. It does come out the 5th of December and will be available on the Savoy Opera Society YouTube channel. And links to that can be found on our Facebook page, Savoy Opera Society. I think by the time this episode comes out, it will, it will already have premiered, so you can just find it there. I think you also would be able to search Topsy Turvy in the YouTube search bar and maybe it would come up. So, yeah. Brilliant. Uh, well, thank you so much, Hadley, for coming on and giving us your time. Yeah, no problem. It was my pleasure. Thank you for joining me this week for Bard Times. This has been your host, Jack Hardman. Stay safe, and in the words of the Bard himself, self-love, my liege, is not so vile a sin as self-negligence. <laughs>